Some thrillers on week two Sunday. A lot more points in week two than week one. Some bad news for Joe Burrow and the 0-2 Bengals. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are one. All you got to do is subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. On one hand, Matt, the Cincinnati Bengals are off to a rough start. Oh, and two Joe Burrow re-injures his calf that he dealt with that held him out of uh, preseason and in training camp and led to probably the slow start for the Cincinnati Bengals. On the other hand though, uh, didn't they start 0-2 last year and still yeah. did well and played into January? So I don't know. Where are you at on the worry meter for the Cincinnati Bengals start here in 2023? Well, maybe that's a better question for later in the week because it all just depends on his calf. The fact that they're 0-2, although they're both division losses in a brutal division and a brutal conference, you know, I mean, that's a little more difficult to overcome than, you know, non-conference losses and whatnot. But my impression of what happened was last week, it looked like he was out there way too soon, Burrow. This week, he was tentative, but then started to settle in, and then looked like he aggravated it. And a lot of the stretch over those eight quarters, he doesn't look like he can protect himself and doesn't trust his protection and is getting it out of his hands and just not elevating. He's hurting more often than not. And then, of course, people play him accordingly and they only run for 66 yards where the Ravens run for 178. And I thought Lamar looked very, very comfortable and is settling into this new offense extremely well. And the Bengals defense is on the field all the time for two straight games and not getting a lot of pressure on Lamar. And when they do, he's handling it very, very well. So they're in a bad place, especially if this calf lingers, because it could derail things pretty early. It does feel like a worse spot this year than yeah. last year for them. And we always reference the teams that start off 0-2 only have an 11% chance to make the playoffs. And I think it drops even more if your quarterback's hurt and to do that two years in a row. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a very that's a very difficult needle to thread for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. So my worry level is pretty high. And uh, we will check in later in the week on Joe Burrow. He said he needs a couple sleeps, and we'll see how he feels about this. A calf injury, um, but at some point you got to get him right, but you can't start falling into an 03 or 04 hole and rest him. So yeah, it's it's a dicey situation there. Uh, T. Higgins getting back on the on the board for your fantasy football teams with a couple of touchdown catches, uh, eight receptions, two of them for scores for Higgins. Uh, the Chase, yeah. yeah, the uh, Jamar Chase owners 
probably still a little bit frustrated there with the with the Cincinnati Bengals offense to start the season. You mentioned Lamar Jackson too, and it, I think they found a really nice balance in this game. Talked yeah. about last week how they had had a, a third of their versus the, the Todd Munkin offense here for the Baltimore Ravens versus last year's offense. They had about they went three wide about 150 times last year. They already did it four t- 40 times in in week one. So almost a third of the entire year's uh, three wide usage. And so you can see where they're trying to go with the offense for Lamar Jackson. And, and I think they pulled it off a lot better this week. He still had eight designed runs, still got it going on the ground a little bit. And the passing game started to look a lot better too. So um, much better appearance for Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens in week two, uh, they now improved to two and O on the season. And you start to feel a lot better about where the Ravens are at right now versus where the Bengals are at. That's what I say is I think the Ravens are in a tremendous spot and Frankly, I didn't think they were super impressive in week one. I just thought the Texans were in over their head. You know, I mean, it's a young team, but that didn't matter. They beat them handily. And then they were clearly, clearly the better team yesterday against Cincinnati. You're right about the run-pass balance as they're transitioning. And that's without their starting center. They're starting left tackle, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey. You know, like, so they're weathering some tough times and are still 2-0. and and then there's other AFC North contest tonight. I mean, if the Steelers happen to win, then they're standing alone atop the division. If not, it's them and the Browns sitting there 2-0, and where the Steelers and Bengals are 0-2, and that's a big discrepancy all of a sudden. Absolutely. Should be a good one on Monday Night Football in the North. How about the NFC North, Matt, where the Green Bay Packers lost late? A hard-charging comeback win for Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. 25-24 a uh, young way coup field goal late for the Falcons to beat the Packers. And it didn't feel like this was a game that the Falcons were going to win, but 13 fourth quarter points, uh, they were able to come back and, and upset those Green Bay Packers. Falcons now 2-0. and Look out, Matt Packers at 1-1. Yeah, I thought, thought I had a really hard time picking this game. And I feel like I was dead on that if they played it 100 times, it might be 50-50, especially – without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson in the mix. So if I'm a Packers fan, I'm pretty encouraged by this. Yeah, the fourth quarter didn't go your way, but you lost by one point to what I think is an ascending team without your two best playmakers. And I thought Love was pretty good. But the Falcons have a clear formula. I mean, they held the ball for over 36 minutes. Um, You know, they run the ball like crazy. They're super efficient. I think Bijan, I mean... I don't know if it's too early to say this, but as long as he stays healthy, he's the rookie of the year. I mean, especially if Richardson's in and out of the lineup. I mean, Bijan's unbelievable. He's got like the Mariano Rivera cutter where he's got this one pitch that nobody can hit. And it's that dead leg cut and it's undefeated so far in his NFL career. It's only two weeks, but I mean, he is explosive. He gets the top speed so fast. That little, that little hesitant, that little just quick cut move he makes is so, uh, is so, I mean, it's like unhittable. Like, yeah, he's yeah. he super explosive. He's there, he, there's a reason why he's drafted so high. I don't know about, you know, if the usage is going to work out and it's going to be that valuable of a pick. And, you know, obviously with running backs, the big thing is attrition, staying healthy and actually mm-hmm. like them kind of splitting carries because Algier is very different than Robinson. And, you know, fantasy owners might not like it, but uh, clearly, you know, he's star running back level talent. Yeah, and it, like his four for 48 receiving line seems like, oh, um, he'll do that every week too, you know? Right. It, I don't know what to do about Ritter, though. I mean, he's a notorious slow starter. I don't know if he's good enough, but man, his supporting cast and their 
unbelievably easy schedule, this game aside, they're going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in my over Falcons win total. Even if they don't use Kyle Pitts and Drake London and air the ball out like all us fantasy owners want to. Right. I don't know if Ritter's the answer, though. I mean, I, I'm up and down on him. Yeah, uh, I, I like the competitiveness. He's a good oh, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still don't know. He's, he's, you know, he's not going to be a top half of the league starter. Right, is, right, right. You know, and so if you don't have that, you're always kind of looking for that. So that might be where the the Desmond Ritter Falcons are, but still young in his career. So we'll see what that ends up looking like. Threw an interception for the first time, by the way. I didn't even realize he hadn't had one uh, mm. even last year. So, uh, but, you know, it's not a high volume passing game. Drake London did get in the end zone and had a nice touchdown catch in that one. Uh, on the other side, real quick, Jordan Love is good. I mean, he's he's Jordan Love's good in yeah. that game. Like, he's had some great throws. You could see the the loss of Aaron Jones, though. I mean, if AJ Dillon, you know, if you have a two hundred and fifty pound running back and you can't get third and ones, like wh- yeah. what's the reason? You know what I mean? And so, and, and uh, they should have been able. The, the Packers should have won that game. Um, Jordan Love had the the really funny looking, and he talked about it after the game where you know it looked like he was drunk falling over behind center, but that was because they were doing the thing where they're trying to get the the defense to jump off sides. But if the quarterback sees something, he has a a one word call to snap the ball quickly and and QB sneak, and he used the wrong word, so he thought the <laughs> was trying to quarterback sneak it. So that's why he fell over. It looked like he was, uh, you know nine tequila shots deep at the end of that game. So just, you know, some unfortunate events. The Packers really should have won that game, and they kind of they let that one get away from them. Yeah, again, I mean, that's why Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, you know, I mean, a mm-hmm. super young offense. But, and, oh, by the way, I didn't realize this till today. Bakhtiari doesn't play on turf. I mean, he only plays on grass, and then they lost their other best lineman in the game, too. I remember I remember his name. The, the guard, he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, Elton Jenkins. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, no, that's tough to overcome. Zach Tom, by the way, the second-year player. He's a good player, too. On the right side. I mean, he might yeah. end up being the uh, the future at left tackle post-Bakhtiari. Um, their young receivers, though, are really good in Green Bay. They Even are. aside from Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, the fifth-rounder this year, Toure and Dubs from last year. Um, I like Musgrave, too. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're they're promising. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident where the – where the Packers are at. And I think they have a quarterback. I think they have a coach. They're in a good situation. Young, you know, it's all in, in front of them. And the Packers are in good shape. Got to learn to win yeah. those tight ones though, and not lose them though, for the, mm-hmm. for the young quarterback and, and that young group of receivers, although it's not on them fully. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So lots, lots more to get to here from NFL Sunday week two. the bills getting right against the Las Vegas Raiders, some overtime games as well. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And why not go to the place where those job seekers already are? Everyone's already on LinkedIn, right? So all you do is you add your job posting to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your Businesses LinkedIn profile and it spreads the word that you're hiring and then use simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why LinkedIn jobs is rated number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. 
That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. How about those Buffalo Bills? I had a feeling they'd get back mm. on track. We had that, you know, far like three interception performance from Josh Allen in week one. They came back and even uh, I think they were down seven nothing early uh, to the to the Las Vegas Raiders. Ended up winning 38 to 10. Three touchdown passes this week from from Josh Allen. And really, it was just a better team beating a worse team. And eventually, you know, the the Bills took over that football game into the second half. So I don't know if there's any big takeaways here. Jimmy G um, threw, you know, a couple of picks. One, not his fault. Josh Jacobs, actually, here's the biggest takeaway from this How game. How about Josh that? Yeah. Had one of the worst games for a guy who was, you know, the, the NFL's leading rusher last year. He was such an important player in the NFL Last season, he had, I want to get this right, negative two total yards, total yards yeah. uh, rushing yards. Rushing, he did yeah. have some, some receptions in this game. But then his uh, the, the biggest blunder of the entire game was allowing Matt Milano, the linebacker for the Bills, to come over the top of him. Like Jimmy, one of the interceptions, like Jimmy threw a bad pick and Jimmy will throw interceptions. He'll throw the ball to the other team sometimes. But that one was in his chest. Matt Milano goes over the top and takes it away from him, like big brother taking the ball from little brother. You can't let that happen, Josh Jacobs. So not a great game on that side of the ball for Las Vegas. Yeah, and frankly, they're the Steelers' next opponent, so I've kind of started advanced scouting them, and they're very unimpressive, especially from a statistical standpoint. They didn't have Jacoby Myers. And then Adams, Devontae Adams, leaves with a concussion. They've had zero running game all year. It's just too much to ask of Jimmy and the way this team's constructed. And, and their defense is horrendous. I mean, it's one of the worst in the league. I mean, yes, this was an even game through a quarter or so, but not after that. I was I was very happy to see 35 rushing attempts, you know, and James Cook touching the ball 21 times. Great. That's yeah, what you want to start to establish like there, you know. Closely resembling a, a bell cow look, like a number one back look and so far in mm-hmm. his NFL career for James Cook. 17 carries, 123 yards in that one. Yeah, and he's impressive. And Take some stuff off of Allen. He doesn't need to throw three interceptions every week and be a hero, you know. The Seattle Seahawks in mm. overtime defeating the Detroit Lions 37-31. This game was really fun. It was kind of just all over the place. It was. And I thought Seattle was in huge trouble. You know, no off, you know, both their offensive tackles down on the road. But don't count some of these teams out. I mean, Pete Carroll has won a lot of games in this league. And I thought Geno started slow, and then he started lighting it up. Um, Goff had that streak of non-interceptions broken, but he's been playing well, too. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was in and out of this game, which isn't great. DK Metcalf got banged up in this game. But I, I like to Seattle threw at them. I mean, tons of extra tight ends on the field and spreading the ball around and Look at all these guys that had targets. I mean, Walker, Charbonnet, Smith, Najigba, Disley, Parkinson, Fant, Lockett, Metcalf. I mean, all had multiple targets. I thought they played well. Uh, and I, I was not ready to count the Seahawks out, but I was really down on them before this game. How about David Montgomery goes down That's with an problem, injury? man. So, uh, of course, especially the, uh, you know, the, looking at the fantasy football angle or looking at Lions fans. You drafted a first round running back, number 12 overall, Jameer Gibbs, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, the starter got hurt, but we got a first rounder who's super explosive that, that we can that can step in. And Craig Reynolds runs on the field, right? As the <laughs> as the running right. back. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What's really going on here? And then in the end, Jameer Gibbs, seven carries for 17 yards. So the the Jameer Gibbs thing through two weeks is 
is not looking right. And, and how much more they trusted David Montgomery to start the season over their first round running back. Uh, and, and like usage aside, like, you know, Gibbs could catch the ball out of the backfield and be some of that, but it's like, they trust David Montgomery. So there's something there with Gibbs and uh, I'm kind of side eyeing Jameer Gibbs right now in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, B. John Robinson, there's no problem there. Like he's going to be a dude. They're just kind of like limiting the usage, which I don't have a problem with, with Jameer Gibbs. It doesn't seem like they're holding him back. Like, okay, hold on. This guy's awesome, but we want to slow play it. They're like, I, I, I'm not sure there's really usage to be had for him right now, early in the year. And when we, when I saw Craig Reynolds on the field at running back, once Montgomery was out, I was like, Oh no, that's, that's, that can't be, a, that can't be a good thing. It's just frustrating to watch as a fan too. I always see Jameer Gibbs out there. Yeah, 100%. Because when he's out there, he shows up, and he's dynamic, and he makes people miss. And especially in week one, he was very impressive when used. But I don't think people realize this stuff. I mean, all these, I'm putting in quotes, space players. It's hard to get those dudes in space in the NFL. Um, I mean, not to mention you're not Bama, but just the hash mark situation and the speed of the defense. And if you're not good in protection, and that's what stood out to me is, I don't think they trust him in protection yet or who knows, maybe ever. And I think Montgomery's going to be out significant time. I mean, at least a couple of weeks. So these little, these space guys, you know, we'll just get them in space. We'll do blah, 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 blah. That doesn't work in the league. Like, I mean, it, Dexter McCutcheon or McClutchin, what was his name again? The dude, the Chiefs drafted in the second round. Like there's some of these smaller dynamic guys. They start getting hit. It's a big man's game. I'm not saying he's a bust. I just have some concerns too. Uh, important game for Seattle. They are now one on one on the year. Uh, the Detroit Lions on the other side at one on one with the Packers at one on one in the North and a couple of zero. So only I, we're 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 eight games in and we got two wins so far in the NFC North. Am I adding that up mm. correctly? I think so. Yeah. yeah, and Lions have won and Green Bay has won, and they look like the best two teams by far. And the Bears look like a disaster. Horrible. Matt. They lose twenty seven to seventeen. I mean, they're actually kind of in this game still, despite how bad it looked, and then the the late interception on the on the screen pass and you watch the play originally is like what is justin fields doing it backed up in your own end zone not a great place to run a screen anyway and he throws an interception to shaq barrett defensive lineman and then you realize they ran the exact same play the play before so Mm -hmm. everybody on defense knew the play was coming so that's not even hard to put on justin fields as bad as he played in this game and holding the ball too long and just Fields not seeing the ball clearly. Big problems with the coordination of the entire offense. Uh, I, I can't believe how all the way out I am on the Bears versus how excited I was to see this team this year take a big step. And, and they're almost taking a step backwards at this point. Yeah, you're right. And, okay, they got DJ Moore involved. We, you know, we begged for that after week one. And that, that you know, gave us some results. But the running game isn't great. And it's just – Another six sacks, you know, like we can blame the coordinators and all that, but this guy holds the ball forever and he's just not recognizing things quickly and he takes bad sacks and doesn't play in timing and rhythm. And it's not working well with the coaching staff either. I'm not defending Luke Getze and all that. And, you know, the Bucs aren't terrible, by the way, the Bucs are two and oh, they're maybe the one of the least impressive two and oh teams I ever remembered, but how about Mike Evans? I was uh, I wasn't touching him in fantasy, and this guy's lighting it up. I love what I'm seeing from Mike Evans. People yeah, are talking about awesome. him he's getting traded away at the deadline, but the Buccaneers would be fighting for uh, the 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 division lead the division, trade right. deadline. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And Baker Mayfield doing you know Baker, mm-hmm. pretty pretty 
good Baker Mayfield type stuff, you know, you know, not the disastrous Baker Mayfield. Um, so yeah, I like what the Bucks are doing right now. The the opponent wasn't great for the for the Bears, and they got to clean some stuff up. How about this? We talked about uh, Lamar Jackson, and he had his eight design runs in this game. Everything that we saw from the Bears last year revolved around okay, we're getting. Justin Fields going on the ground. And I understand trying to develop him more as a passer, but you got to do what works. And through two weeks, there's only been four design runs mm-hmm. for Justin Fields. And, you know, one of the touchdowns in this game was a, a Justin Fields scramble. And it's like, yeah, if you're not getting him going on the ground, I, I don't know what you're trying to do with him because it, the rest of it's not working anyway. So huge problems with the Bears. And, uh, yeah, they, they might be in the uh, Caleb – William sweepstakes right now. Yeah, especially when you mix it with Carolina's first round pick in their back pocket too. Mm-hmm. And, and what really sums it up to me is if the Bears have 24 minutes of time of possession, they're going to get slaughtered by average teams, let alone good teams. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they have to hold the ball forever to be competitive and it's not happening. Uh be a new coaching staff with Cable Williams though. That's the that's the problem. Yeah. How about the the Chargers falling to 0-2, losing to the Tennessee Titans in overtime, 27-24. Two barn burners, two really close games in two consecutive weeks to start the year for the Chargers, and they come out of it 0-2. Yeah, and I'm not super-duper worried, but 0-2 is really tough. Talking about coaching changes, that could happen at some point. Could Kellen Moore take over at some point, even during this year? Like, I give Tennessee credit. It's such a Vrabel win. Tannehill comes back, plays a lot better. They get enough out of Henry. Guys like Burks and Hopkins and even Chig made plays enough. But, man, I think the Chargers are the story. And I really hope that people don't start talking about Herbert like he's a late-game choker or he doesn't have it or any of those things. I mean, like, they had predictably no running game after running all over Miami in their five- and six-man boxes that Miami threw out there. No Eckler. And still, Herbert's putting this offense on his back and, and playing really well. But the, the Charger defense, to me, I under, let alone because the head coach is defensive-minded, but they're getting very little out of Mac, Bosa, J.C. Jackson. These guys are super bazillion-dollar contracts that they're getting very little from. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. In, early in that game, the Titans' offense looked disastrous it looked awful like, this is yes. not going to score points this year and in Vrabel fashion kept it close played a little d started running the ball more and more and grind them down was it 25 carries i think for derrick henry for mm-hmm. under 80 yards but uh they played their brand and in the end took them to overtime but they overcame the chargers and the titans improved to one and one yeah Chargers have lost two tight ones i mean so i'm sure that'll balance out but man not pretty Kansas City Chiefs, this one we got completely wrong. It was like, I don't know about the, the line, but how about the over? And this was the way oh. under 17 to 9. I did not see that coming. But Patrick Mahomes did find Travis Kelsey in the end zone for a, a touchdown pass there. But come on, Jaguars, nine points. You got you, you to gotta put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, my takeaway more than anything was Casey's defense. And obviously, Chris Jones has something to do with this against a backup lineman. You know, he was obviously a spark that they needed. But the defense played really well, and I didn't think it was Lawrence's best game. You know, I didn't expect this thing to be 17-9, that's for sure. Mahomes was fine. He wasn't tremendous. They they still have some issues at the wide receiver position. 
Um, you know, Jacksonville didn't run the ball particularly well, but I thought KC's D deserves the game ball here. And I think I saw something where the next 12 opponents for the Chiefs have a combined record, or the, the next five opponents for the Chiefs had a combined record of one and 11 or something crazy like that. Wow. <laughs> so uh, the Chiefs got that win and, and, and are in a good place now in the AFC West. So an important one for them. Getting their players back, you feel a lot better about where the Chiefs are versus just one week ago. No doubt. No doubt. They're in good shape. No, no one's crying for the Chiefs. Another quarterback injury, Anthony Richardson with a concussion protocol situation going on with the Indianapolis Colts, who still won that one more on 49ers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals, and a whole lot more from week two next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks. I have so much fun playing Prize Picks. Uh, won a couple, lost a couple. You know what got me with Prize Picks? Uh, I had the more than I, I was four out of five. I had the more than on sacks for uh, for Hutchinson against the Seahawks with their tackles out. Mm. And I couldn't get that one sack. I thought that was the gimme one. I thought that was the one for me. So good job, Seahawks, getting it blocked up. Looking at uh, Monday Night Football, how about the more than nine and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young? I think he's going to get on the move a little bit in this game, as he did a little bit in week one. He's an athletic guy. Nine and a half, that's what? Two scrambles. Come on. Uh, That's my favorite more than pick, looking at some of these Monday nighters. Uh, So much fun, though. And you can win up to 25 times your money this football season playing prize picks. It's super easy. You pick two or more players. You go more than or less than on their projected stats. You place your entry in less than 60 seconds, and then you have fun and win a little bit of money as well. And Price Picks offers weekly uh, promotions like Taco Tuesday, uh, Price Picks discounts to select player projections up to 25% to provide you just a little bit more incentive and, and tip the scales in your direction. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now. You can use those bonus bets on spreads week to week, player props, over-unders. You can build your own parlay. I love the app. Super easy to use. The website. Find all the bets you want in any sport, not just NFL football. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Matt. Taking a look at the rest of the Week 2 Sunday schedule here and uh, not a great moment for the Indianapolis Colts in that their quarterback got hurt, but a great moment for the Colts seeing him light up the scoreboard early in the first quarter before leaving that football game and still getting out of there with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback and the W 31 20 win for the Colts over the Texans. Yeah. And it was pretty dominant to be honest with you. And Richardson just looks the part, but this is his, he's played two NFL games and he hasn't finished either, by the way. So hopefully this is just a small setback. I mean, concussions, it's hard to comment on, but I'm hoping he's back next week. 
They didn't skip a beat, though, when Minshew came in. I mean, my impression of this game from top to bottom was the Colts are just a further along football team. You know, their their line is better. Their pass rush is better. They have DeForest Buckner and Leonard and Nelson, where Houston doesn't have those guys yet. But to the Texans' credit, I mean, their line was abysmal in both the run game and protection. Stroud was sacked six times, but he still threw for 384. A lot of it to Nico Collins, like... That's something, you know what I mean? Like this team has been in the doldrums for so long. At least your quarterback really elevated those around him and kept the thing a little closer than it looked. Yeah, the, the Colts were just better up front. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, early 14, I think it was 14 nothing lead at one point. But I, the, the Texans just aren't there. And I the, my no. big takeaway with the Texans is, you know, okay, Stroud looked good. I, I like their, you know, their back-to-back two, three picks in the draft. Stroud looks like he's going to be a player. Uh, yep. Will Anderson, I think, is going to be a stud. But – you can't trade away your 2024 first round pick for a team that might end up with the number one pick in the draft. So that, and according to reports, they chose to give up their own pick in 2024 when they moved up in the draft uh, instead of the, that's the criminal. That's pick their own. And that's, you, you can't do that. Like I, do that, that, that was a terrible move on their part to give up that pick, which might be one of the more valuable picks we've seen in a long time. If they keep losing games and they're, they're behind they're they're going to lose a lot of games and they might get the first pick this year. They might. They're they're really bad, but maybe there's a couple guys to build around finally. You know. Yeah. No. Uh, some good players there, and I like the direction. And they they didn't fold, even though they were down early, and uh, they made it a contest. But yeah, the the Colts are further along, and man, uh, I hope Anthony Richardson stays healthy because just something he, he's got it. Uh, he's got about it. We've seen him in the preseason. It's like it's it's firing for him upstairs, and he's so physically talented. Fun to watch. Yeah. No, he's he's a good player already. San Francisco 49ers. This one was a little bit tougher than it was going to look on paper for the 49ers, but they did beat the Rams 30 to 23. And uh, the 49ers offense right now is just humming with McCaffrey, another hundred yard performance, Debo Samuel doing what he does against the Rams. And it wasn't a cakewalk of a game. I was super impressed with Stafford. Uh, he looks healthy out there. And what about Puka Nakua? 20 it's unbelievable. 20 targets, another 15 catches. I mean, we're talking all-time stuff here for a rookie in the first two games of his career, but I guess that's what you get when you got McVay and Stafford, and you're the number one option on offense. So good job, Puka. No better spot for a rookie wide receiver than that one right now, and uh, he looks like a veteran out there. I love it. 15 catches, 147 yards. He's tough. He gets open, uh, a lot of zone coverage, finding the soft spot, and uh, yeah. Not enough yeah. to win, but it's it's fun watching Puka out there with Matthew Stafford, and the Rams aren't a disaster. It, my takeaway, all respect to Puka and Atwell and Kyron Williams. I mean, they're the guys touching the ball in this offense, and that's their best options. And it looks like Akers is going to get traded. Fine, whatever. That 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 drama's over. But when you have a combination of McVay and Stafford, or really any upper tier combination of NFL head coach and quarterback. You can hang. You know what I mean? Stafford's a star, and McVay is a star. And I thought your Niners would blow their doors off. They did win. They're super impressive. But this game was more about the Rams for me. They're, they're not going to be terrible with those two guys. Yep. I mean, it just, rises, it just raises yeah. the floor, right? That baseline of how bad you're going to be if you've got the all-important quarterback-head coach combination. That's what we're seeing. We see it with yeah. uh, you know Bill Belichick. His teams are, are not going to be terrible, right? They're, he's going to mm-hmm. win seven games with nothing. And, and I feel like McVay... And, and Stafford are kind of in that zone right now, you know, as long as you have a healthy Stafford. And we, we've seen it with, you know, to make a star in Puka Nakua, which makes you wonder, Cooper Cup, do you need to pay him all that much if uh, 
I say it doesn't make Cup look great. Uh, I yeah, mean, <laughs> I mean, just to be flat out honest, yeah. This is what I said on the Locked On 49ers. If you put 10 on Puka Nakua's back, nobody would bat an eye. Be like, yeah, Cooper Cup, doing Cooper Cup things. Doing stuff, yeah. Drafting the first round of fantasy. He's great. You know, right? New York Giants come all the way back. How about that? Yeah. Down three touchdowns to the Arizona. I think Cardinals. both teams won that game. I think so. I, I think it was a, a perfect script for both the Cardinals and the Giants in this one. It makes you worried about the Giants. We've seen one good half of play for them. Uh, against the worst team in the league so far this season. and At least they, it's the most recent one. That's true. <laughs> yeah. but they also have to play at San Francisco in four days. So we'll see if uh, that ends up looking like for the Giants. Maybe not Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. And Barkley, it looks like a sp- ankle sprain. Could be high ankle. I think we'll get more on the MRI here uh, later, probably Monday after we're recording. But uh, the Giants did come back and a nice bounce back game for Daniel Jones and, uh, and the Giants, especially in the second half. 31-28 and... The Cardinals still in tank mode, which is uh, a huge win for them probably right now. No offense to the Cardinals fans out there that probably want to at least see their team win a game this year. Yeah, and for the Cardinals, they played strong. And, um, you know, James Conner and Michael Wilson and those guys were fine. Dobbs wasn't horrific. The the, the more talented team won. Uh, I mean, I think they would win that game more often than not. And they started really, really poorly, which is concerning. I don't think the Giants are a, a playoff-type team like they were last year. And, you know, the, they still don't throw the ball great. But Hyatt played really well, the rookie. And it's something I've said a lot, and this is kind of a Michael Lombardi thing, is he, he says there's a lot of teams that aren't 60-minute teams. You know, like, I was thinking about college basketball when, like, a D2 team – plays North Carolina strong for a quarter and then just can't hang anymore. Like that might be the Cardinals this year, which would be fine. You know, hang around for a half, then get beat up and your talent level, you know, gets to where it is. And then you start infusing it with talent over the off season. At least you have a foundation that way, you know? Right. Yeah. And you, you, you're a chippy team. You, you Mm -hmm. learn about your coaching staff, you learn about your players, and then you have the first two picks in the draft maybe and start building something really, you know, strong there personnel wise to go with Mm -hmm. Paris Johnson's a keeper Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. Well, thankfully for my fantasy squad, Matt Garrison, Garrett Wilson got a long touchdown reception in the jets. 30 to 10 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the final score should be super surprising based on what we saw with uh, with both of these teams in week one. That Cowboys defense looks like a juggernaut right now, and uh, they rolled to a 30 to 10 victory. Yeah, I started Brees Hall over Tyler Lockett in my flex spot. Yeah. And yeah, um, Dallas is a juggernaut. You're right. I don't think we've spent a lot of time on this. I thought the, I like the points here. I thought the Jets D would keep this to within a touchdown. It'd be a 16-13 type of game or something along those lines. No, and it's not all Zach Wilson's fault. I mean, Dallas is really, really good on both sides of the ball. Uh, You're the only one disappointed about Brees Hall's usage. Brees Hall himself, I think, was a little bit disappointed about his usage after that one, which he should be. I mean, I understand taking it slow with him, but uh, one of the dynamic players, you got to get him the ball, especially if it's tougher to get the ball to your receivers down the field for the Jets offense right now. I mean, Dalvin Cook doesn't look... I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, but all offseason, I said Kamara, Mixon, and Cook all drafted the same year, all started to look like they were declining to me last year and yep. kind of sticking by that, especially with him. Yep, they're hitting that age. It's just what happens, what happens yeah. with NFL running backs. A costly fumble, too, for Cook and that one. Mm-hmm. The Commanders defeated the Broncos. Another comeback victory here for the uh, 2-0. 
We're now 2-0, and right? The 2-0 and Commanders and the 0-2 Broncos. My favorite thing from this game was just some moon balls, the classic Russ Wilson moon ball. One was just a, you know, a, a Hail Mary attempt, which worked, by the way, and the Broncos uh, did not get the two-point conversion to tie that thing up and force it into overtime. But a uh, other nice throws and, you know, uh, Marvin Mims Jr., the rookie, getting involved with, uh, with some long ones. And uh, and it was uh, I'm forgetting his name now already. Uh, Robinson, the 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 other receiver for the Broncos, who I didn't know yeah, yeah. coming into the season, was a He's big part the of their offense. Uh, John, Brandon Johnson, excuse me, Brandon, Brandon Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. two touchdown catches on on both of his receptions. So um, interesting game there for the Broncos. I, I, it's hard to feel what their direction is, but this is a huge win for the Commanders. Yeah, two and zero versus zero and two, and I mean there was a lot of drama in this game. Not sure everybody was watching. It wasn't the highlight reel type of game to watch, but some big plays by Denver. One on the hail mary, Mims caught a sixty yarder as well. I think he needs to get more involved. But if you really peel it back, what I saw was the Commanders' dominant defensive line that they're spending a lot of money on in draft picks being mm-hmm. dominant. You know, I mean to me they kind of stole the show. They sacked Wilson seven times. Did a pretty decent job against the run, too. I mean, so-so. But, I mean, it, good win for the Commanders. I, I thought they were going to be a bad football team this year, and they're better than that. I'm, I, I worry about Denver, though. They're in trouble. Uh, you know, I think you nailed it up front, too, because you know, their leading rusher was Russell Wilson mm-hmm. on his six carries or whatever it was. And um, Good to see him run around a little more, more, but yeah, that can't he looks be like he's in good shape. It's sort of like I, I, it's hard for me to see it yet with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I just, I'm not seeing the vision quite yet, and I, I don't know mm-hmm. if we're asking too much to see it in two games. But um, you know, maybe it looks a little bit different than last year, but the results aren't any better. There was a narrative all off season. Well, you know, the Broncos' defense is going to be good, and I kind of fought back on that. I'm like, do we? I mean. Bradley Chubb's gone. Von Miller's long gone. You know, like you know, I like Sertain's their... going to be good, but I don't know about the defense as a whole. Yeah, like Sertain and Simmons are great, but do we know that that's going to be able to like carry them and run the ball and play great defense? Like I, I don't see that kind of defense there. Are the Commanders the new Giants this year in the NFC East? Maybe. I mean, get to nine or ten wins after winning the first two. That doesn't sound too crazy. And Howell ain't too bad. He's okay. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I look at him like, ooh. And then sometimes, like, he plays hard, and maybe he'll be all right. And last one here from Sunday, the Miami Dolphins defeating the New England Patriots 24-17. Uh, the Patriots came back and made this one close. Uh, I loved the uh, the special teams maneuver with the – That was the, awesome. I love it because offenses use motion, no, and no team more than the Dolphins. Watch Tyreek Hill. He is moving unbelievable. on every single play, and it's never the same. I don't even know how they keep it straight, how they mm-hmm. even remember all the motions and what the calls are. Like uh, th- That's a master class thing right now that, that Mike McDaniels implemented in year two for him with the, with the Miami Dolphins. So that's fun to watch. Two is playing at a, at a pretty high level, not quite the, uh, the outburst that he had in week one, but they're running the ball. Raheem Mostert, a couple of touchdown runs in that game, but putting – defenders in motion special teams guys in motion and getting the the blocked field goal attempt i love seeing that and you see more defensive motion matt it's pretty cool and belichick had some unique stuff there you know, had three safeties kind of as a three high shell uh, you know, a fair amount off the ball not super duper deep but you see the like the patriot defensive backs on the sideline 
it's like they look at their coach like no one's going to defend Tyreek Hill at full speed, and I'm sitting there flat-footed. He's at full speed after motion, and I got to try to keep up with him. Like it, it's it's masterful stuff, and and I thought both sides of the ball showed some really cool stuff. Miami ran the ball really well. That was good to see that that is in the cards if needed. And I think Mac Jones has played pretty well with a, a true offensive coordinator and Ramondre and Parker and those guys are fine. It looks like a, it's all right. Well. Yeah, it's like it, it's yeah. not it's not a disaster. It's not terrible, but you're yeah. you're not you're not worried about playing that offense. Last note though on the the, the field goal block, I adored it. But when I saw it the first time. I thought he came off the sidelines. I thought they lined up with 10 and like trotted him on or, or like took him right to the, like, or like trotted him off, but never left the field turn around and comes flying off the edge. Just assuming that there was, you know, not even 11th guy on the field. Like he was, was he was awesome. accidentally not on the field and just had to run on, run on the last second. Right. And then yeah, you try yeah. to do it later and you realize, okay, they're doing that on purpose. I'm not going to block it. I might as well just dive at the ball. Yeah. And it, uh, he missed a field goal after that too. I think he was in their mind. So they actually not be. it was a two for one actually with that maneuver for Bill Belichick and the in the Patriots. So love seeing that Dolphins right now lead the league in the yards per play. That that offense is humming. Mm, not surprising. All right, Monday Night Football. We've got a uh, a two for on Monday night. Saints Panthers Browns Steelers. Of course, we'll break those all down tomorrow. Start looking ahead to Week Two. Get some more information about some injuries and. Have you covered like we always do every day here on Peacock and Williamson? Make sure you are subscribed. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.